Corona Chronicle session 35 with Dean Small. So that name Dean Smalls probably sounding a little familiar to you because he was literally episode uh, 706 two episodes ago, my second to last recording before the coronavirus hit us hard. And I, you know, I was just so impressed by Dean and uh, his uh, his knowledge, his his consultancy. He's got an, an incredible team he's built over there. So after that recording, we just started talking about how there's so much room for us to collaborate in the future, for me to make an example of the team that he's put together and to share that knowledge with you, my audience. And uh, here we are uh, a couple of weeks later. Um, you know, I, I, I called on Dean to come back on the show to share what he and his, his team think uh, the future of the industry looks like with, you know, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic amongst us are here in it. It's, according to Dean, this thing is not going to be going away anytime soon. He's he's basically I'll, you'll you'll hear it in today's episode, but he's basically projecting this thing to go through uh, the the year 2020. And he's hoping that by 2021, we can start to get some sense of normalcy back. Uh, but hopefully that's not the case. But I mean, these are true real hard conversations are the ones that need to have right now we need to have you guys need to start planning for this you need, you need to really plan for the worst and I, and I hate to be a negative nancy i'm i'm usually the guy that's up here trying to inspire and empower but uh sometimes we just gotta rip that band-aid off and accept the truth and we'll get into the details in today's chat but right now i gotta let you know that this episode was brought to you by restaurant 365 a cloud-based all-in-one accounting and a back office platform specific to the restaurant industry that seamlessly integrates with your POS, your payroll providers, and food and beverage vendors. Head over to restaurant365.com slash unstoppable and qualify for 30% off implementation in a free inventory build within restaurant 365, a value of $5,000. And now's the time to be checking out this type of technology. I highly, highly recommend you guys head over to restaurant365.com slash unstoppable. Also, this episode is brought to you by Procter & Gamble, specifically Don Professional. Don Professional is the number one dish detergent found in most commercial kitchens around the nation, uh, and it has long-lasting suds that clean up to 58% more dishes than other leading brands. And because it lasts so much longer, you can reduce your sink changeovers by 35%, which saves you up to 6,000 gallons of hot water every year. So in this attempt to be more green, to have less of a carbon footprint, Things like Dom Professional can really help, and not to mention it will keep that gnarly, nasty coronavirus in check. Head over to pgpro.com to learn more. Again, that's pgpro, and thanks so much to my sponsors. They help me help you, and now here's today's episode. Good morning, Dean Small. How are you today? Well, Eric, you know, I'm trying to keep my spirits high, trying to stay... Uh mentally uh, active and um, trying to find ways that we can help people uh, get through this, uh, this period of time um, so that they can come out the other end, you know, in a better position. That's all we can so, do, right? <laughs> you know what? You got to keep your spirits high, your attitude high. You got to be excited about what the future is going to look like because uh, you can't allow this to, to wear on you because it will. Exactly. And uh, if this voice sounds familiar, it's because Dean Small was recently on the show. I interviewed Dean when I was out in California. He was one of my most recent episodes. A really intelligent guy. Uh, the founder and is it is it founder and president or founder and CEO? I always confuse those two titles. 
founder, managing partner. Of Synergy uh, Consultants uh, out in California. You do work all over the world. Um, And yeah, so uh, you were a great guest and I figured I'd bring you back to get some perspective on what you are advising your clients to do to handle uh, COVID-19 and what you think the future looks like. So um, what are some of the things you think people have not done that they should be doing within their business as far as, you know, during this reactive phase where we need to be reacting to the current state, the current situation, what are you advising your clients to do? Well, so there's the short term strategy and then there's going to be kind of a more of a midterm and then a long term. Um, the way I sort of see it right now, uh, the short term strategy is all about giving people kind of convenience, if you will. Um, people still need to eat. They still want restaurant quality food. They still want to, uh, support and patronize their local restaurants. So, you know, the short term strategy is you really need to have a pickup, uh, area by your restaurant drive through where you can call in the order and, or do it on a mobile app. Um, you, you arrive, they put it in your trunk. You're off to the races, not too much social contact, a lot of social distancing and making things as uh, easy as possible for the consumer. And uh, what's, what we're finding is that as part of that is a lot of operators have started to realize that people almost need what we, we're calling these survival kits. You know, it's not just, hey, I'm going to pick up barbecue, but boy. I really wish I could get some, you know, toilet paper and some milk and some plastic gloves and maybe a few groceries. Flour. And a lot I of think it's a tough one right now. People uh, even providing things like flour. You can't find flour in grocery stores right now. I think that's a big you're right one. because yeah. people want to make muffins. They want to make bread. They want to make cookies. Uh, things food. that you know they're, they're comfort food yeah. exactly. Um, and so smart restaurants are almost converting their operations into grocery gross restaurants, you know, grocery store restaurants where they can be a provider of a range of products, both prepared foods and meal kits or survival kits, and also giving them um, the needed products that are going to be required to um, minimize trips to the supermarket in Costco, where there's going to be large, you know, contact of people. So that's kind of the short-term um, approach that we're seeing out there. And obviously, delivery uh, still plays a, a big role um, in this um, and just convenience. Yeah. And so- I think that's what people are looking for. And you're speaking in terms of operations right now, how people can pivot their operation and still be of value to their communities. But what about uh, what they should be doing within their business? That's more like back of house, uh, like like back office stuff. Uh, you know, filing for certain paperwork, filing for for certain claims. What what about? Can you speak to that? Well, the stimulus package has been released, and now it's a you know. People are trying to figure out how do I access that? How do I get that money? Because that's going to be a real challenge. Um, you know, uh, banks are not really well prepared. Not all banks will be able to handle this 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 surge. Um, 
So operators that do have employees are trying to be a the best possible resource and give their employees the information on how to be able to access um, potential funds from the stimulus package. But I do believe that this is going to be an arduous process and it's not going to it's not going to be streamlined by any way. So from that perspective, our operators um, who value their employees are doing everything they can to make this as um, as seamless as possible and giving them the tools in which to um, yeah. and operators are trying to figure it out. I mean, they're dealing with their accountants and their bankers and uh, their attorneys as they kind of struggle through yeah. um, how to move forward. Yeah, and that's what I've been telling but, people to uh, do who have been coming to me for advice, and I'll be the first person to admit that this is not my my strong suit. This is not my strength. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying, hey, if you have an accountant, if you have an attorney, um, then, you know, this is what you pay them for. This is why you, you have those people on your team. And the other place I'm sending folks is to their state uh, association, their state restaurant association. I mean, that's, again, why you're paying your dues to be to have these people plugged into that world and keeping you up to date. Would you agree or disagree with that statement? No, I would totally agree. And there's, you know, um, um, a, a lot of the states and a lot of the restaurant associations are trying to keep their sites updated um, so that they have access uh, for, for information in terms of what's possible. So um, just working through that and deciphering it to figure out what, I, what you qualify for and what you don't qualify for, and then how do you get that? Because you just can't go into the going into the bank is not really a great option. You know, you really have to find out ways to do as much of this as possible via an online strategy, as opposed to, you know, the having large numbers of people lined up at the bank uh, trying to get cash because the banks just are not, they're not prepared for this but from the documentation standpoint, the paperwork, the distribution of the funds, so it presents uh, a, a set of challenges. Now, to your question, I mean, what can you be doing to kind of getting ready uh, for uh, for what may come maybe in Q, I'm going to call it Q2, the late Q2, you know, Q3. You know, um, you know my crystal ball, is a little foggy to be quite honest with you, uh, you but I do have, least, yeah. but I do have a, a sense of what's going on out there. Cause I talk to a lot of CEOs, um, a lot of clients in terms of how they're thinking about things. And you know, the reality is, is that we're going to probably be living. This is going to be the new normal probably, you know, into the summer. I'm going to say July 4th because they're saying that we're going to probably reach some levels of the peak, maybe in a couple of weeks, depending upon where you are, that's going to put us towards the end of April. Then we're going to be coming down from the peak. Um, that's going to probably be, you know, all May and a part of June, uh, before people start to really feel safe. And, um, so operators today, my, my, my view really need to, focus on, um, one, reducing the fear of, from people, you know, giving people, you know, keeping people calm and giving them confidence when they come to you, because that's the big thing. I think that people are really nervous about 
is the is the fear of you know will I get it? Will I you know what will happen if I get it? So anything that restaurants can do to create calm and confidence amongst their their guests are all strong signals that it's safe to go back out again. And a lot of operators, what I'm seeing, Eric, are really becoming, you know, both frugal and scrappy because they know that they have to survive this. And when I say that, you know, a lot of it means about really reevaluating your menu is your, given the circumstances that we're in right now, is your menu and is your concept right, given the fact that people are thinking about their dining uh, and their food requirements in a different light, okay? And we need to be sensitive to that because value, value, value are going to be, you know, it, it will be the winning proposition. Um, and being able to give people what they need and what they want to be able to get through this are going to be critical components. To, yeah, I think to we, need, we need to focus more on that, what people need, I think. Uh, and people, you know, this is affecting far more than just the restaurant industry. A lot of people are being laid off. A lot of people are stretching that dollar as far as possible. You're seeing a lot of pizza right now is a hot ticket because it's a lot of food for a reasonable price, you know? So when you're saying that making right. menu adjustments, you're saying what, what's appropriate is, is that, am I hearing that right? Like what, what are you, well, you what are the best a, margins uh, and what's also appropriate for the time? Well, um, what, well, what are the best margins? I mean, it obviously depends on, you know, your particular mm-hmm. menu, but I think the reality is, is that, um, people are going to adjust their, um, their dining, uh, requirements and their purchases because if people don't have jobs right now and uh, they're on unemployment or on stimulus assistance, they're going to need to have those dollars stretch further, especially if you're a family. So there's, there is where pizza comes in because it's a big shareable item. It's, you know, it's, um, it's, 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 it's flour, water, it's dough, you know, with toppings on it. So, it's a lot of substance, but it's not necessarily healthy. You can't eat it all the time. You'll just gain so much weight. It's just, it's not a healthy way to think about it. So as you're thinking about your business, you know, you want to be able to give people healthier, better food options um, that will give them the substance that they need to have a, uh, to, have to, to live sort of a healthy life. I mean, eating a, a lot of heavy food, is not good. Yeah, and that's, you bring up now, a really interesting point. Sorry to, to interrupt real quick. I'm, I'm trying ahead. to sure, sure. I'm trying to get a nutritionist on the show, like a doctor on the show, um, because there's there's according I, and I don't know enough about this to really speak to it yet. But this is kind of just pitching the idea to my audience that uh, there are certain things we can be eating that will increase our likelihood or our ability to fight COVID nineteen. And the the trend even before this was seeing food as medicine you know you're seeing more and more concepts pop up that we're treating food more like medicine than just substance and i think that an opportunity totally. and you're going to see I a totally lot of people agree. leading to that and yeah, you know educating. what yeah you know having a diet of uh less um animal protein um fruits and vegetables first off they're cheaper <laughs> than, yeah. than protein and you can eat well um, and eat very hearty by including interesting grains like 
this weekend I made my, I have an ancient grain recipe that I make that has a combination of uh, Israeli couscous, farro, quinoa, and maybe a, another grain. And I make that and I spice it all up and it's really quite flavorful. And then I use that as kind of a, you know, to supplement whatever I'm, whatever else I'm eating with some vegetables or yeah. maybe a very small piece of protein. And I feel really healthy after I eat it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't need, I don't need a lot of heavy food because it, it's not good. F- well, first off, you know, mentally it's not good to be eating. It, it, it weighs on you. It's not good for your psyche. If you've got, if you're bogged down with a lot of food. So being smart about what you put in your system, it will, will help not only fight the virus, but it will give you the energy that you need to be able to, to live a kind of a healthy lifestyle, even in some form of isolation. It will give you the motivation to get up and do sit-ups and push-ups and jumping jacks and anything you can do to kind of, you know, get the body moving. I mean, the body has to move, you know? So but if you're slugged down with heavy carbs, it's not good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I want to get back to this idea of what the future of the industry looks like because um, I think that's really important that we start getting real. Um, a lot of people might be keeping their fingers crossed for April 12th, and I think it's really important right now to, you know, if you haven't looked at the curve lately, um, you might want to take a gander because that curve is not suggesting that this thing's going to be over uh, in six days. Uh, like you said, in oh, summer. Yeah. So um, what aside from what we could be doing in our business as far as getting scrappy, getting lean, um, trying to be a value, uh, trying to be supportive to our communities. I think a lot of that's been covered in media as far as what we can do in our businesses. But what is the landscape of the restaurant industry and the general economy going to look like, and how can we react uh, based off of what that vision looks like? Other things we have not well, done yet. Yeah, I think there's still a lot of unknowns, and I think a lot of it's going to get down, Eric, to you know how quickly a lot of this testing uh, becomes available. I know that it's it, there's so many different uh, you know things that are in the pipeline. But it hasn't been, it hasn't gotten to the, the public just yet. The way I'm looking at it, it's all about 2021. I'm just going to blow off the rest of this year. Uh, I don't have, you know, strong um, uh, feelings about how this is going to end. I think the third quarter, most operators are going to be down about 30%. Okay. If, if they're even open. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of operators that I really believe. I think 20 20 to 25 percent of restaurants may not even reopen uh, just because they're just going to throw in the towel because some of them, a lot of the independents were just, you know, working on low EBITDA and cash flow. And they were really in survival mode. And there's been, you know, an overcrowding of the uh, the industry, of the landscape. This is kind of a, a painful culling of the herd, if you will. So then we get into the Q4. And Q4 is that celebratory quarter, you know, where we get, we get the holidays and we have Christmas. And that's going to look quite different. I think, you know, we're going to see a lot of online shopping more so than ever before. And I think that, you know, this social distancing is still going to be in place. And you're, not, you're just not going to have restaurants, you know, full and vibrant, packed with people. Yeah. I think the reality is, is that Q1 of 2021 is what you got to be working towards. That needs to be the light at the end of the tunnel. 
We're going to come out of this thing. It still may be a little scary, uh, but restaurants will start to open. Q1, Q2, I think Q2 of 2021, we're out of this and we get back to normalcy um, for the most part. But I think we're going to see people wearing, you know, face masks and plastic gloves when they go into restaurants. And let's just face it, we're not going to have vibrant bars. Bars are, if social distancing is the reality for the next, you know, three to six months, which I think it will be, hell, six months puts you into basically, you know, the fourth quarter, right? Um, So I think that people are going to feel more comfortable if they see other people wearing masks, not only to protect themselves, but uh, protect others. I think it's going to be the social norm for a while. So what can restaurants do? In my opinion, you need to be taking a hard look at your menu and your concept because most restaurants have menus that are way too big anyway. You need to cull the menu down, look at what has been selling in the past, what really is popular, and get rid of everything else because all it's doing is it's taking up space on your menu. It's requiring more production and labor than needed. It's requiring more inventory, um, there's more waste. Um, nothing good can happen with a big menu. Small menu, lean and mean, and if you want to make it seasonal, you want to create variety with, through uh, some specials, but get that menu down to under 20 items. I would say even and a I couple items that like do really well. So if somebody's in the mood for that one thing, they're going to call you, you know, like and own that item and, and knock it out of the park. Do you think that's unrealistic? Right. Yeah. I think you got to just find what is it that you can, what's ownable, defendable, quantifiable that makes you better than anybody else, you know, in your market. And then again, I go back to how do you make people feel? I've always said this is that what makes our, what makes restaurants really successful is when you can create that emotional connection with the, with your guest whether you know their name, you know their, their dog's name. If you can make people feel safe, that they can pull up to your restaurant and that they can, and that you know that the food has been packed properly, it's been double checked and they just put it in the trunk of your car and you're off. You know, to me, that's curbside pickup is going to be kind of how we survive this over the next you know, six months. But I go back to 2021. You know, we are going to come out of this thing. We are going to be stronger. We are going to survive this. We always do. Um, Once we get past the fear and we create calm with our guests. So pickup, delivery, drive-through, that to me is kind of the the immediate need for operators. And we are going to get that back to sit-down dining. But it's not going to be until, in my opinion, it's not going to be until 2021 where people really feel comfortable going into a restaurant knowing that all of the safety precautions are in place because you have to think about it. You know, if people are keenly aware about um, how the virus gets spread, if you sit in a bar, if you're sitting at a bar and a bartender makes you that cocktail, right. And he grabs the glass and he's not wearing plastic gloves. Okay. That's an issue. If there is a, a squeeze of lemon or a twist of an orange or something like that, where they're touching the food, that's a concern for people. They're going to get nervous. And then the server or when the, when the bartender puts that drink on the, on the counter and then the server picks up that drink and puts it on their tray. There's been another contact with that glass. So, uh, you know, 
when you look at the journey of the plate or the glass or whatever, how it's being handled will will be concerning for some people. So we're going to be coming out of this thing with a whole new way of how we think about um, food safety and how we make people feel confident that, hey, we're doing everything humanly possible to make sure that your experience is a safe and healthy one when yeah. you visit my restaurant. Yeah, I really hope that we don't have more regulations as a result of this and more because <laughs> I mean, the industry is think, pretty like locked down as it is, as far as like, like sanitation, well, you know, I, and I, I just hope that like fear within the uh, consumer uh, population, it just doesn't force unnecessary expense and more burden with on the, onto the restaurant industry. That's a real concern of mine because I, I mean, I understand people are worried, but at the same time, like we can't feed into the fear either. Um, I hope. Nope, I you can't. But, but smart restaurants will just take added precaution. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. think you know. And from what I've understood, that is that it's actually more. It's actually safer, or less risk. Uh, there's less risk involved with going to pick up food at a restaurant than there is going to the grocery store. And I think that that. Because people associate like social gathering with restaurants, that they're fearful of going to restaurants right now. But the truth is, you're more likely to pick up the virus at a grocery store that has that is a much less controlled environment than you were if you were to pick up food that was placed on a counter. You know what I'm saying? That's in a bag. Right. I, right. I totally agree. Plus, you don't know how many people have touched that can or that bottle. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, that's where things like Instacart and getting food delivered. Um, last night, I went, to, I went to one of my favorite restaurants, which is a client of mine, Bad to the Bone, uh, Bones in uh, San Clemente, uh, or San Juan Capistrano. I'm going to give a good shout out to Marty Wells and Bad to the Bone. Um, amazing barbecue. And I, told, I did online ordering. Actually, I called. I, I just wanted to get a sense of that experience. Had an amazing experience over the phone. I pulled up, opened the trunk. I wanted to say hello to Marty because he's just a super good guy and, you know, doing a hell of a job trying to keep the business open and making people happy with amazing barbecue. They put it in my trunk and it was perfect. It was easy and there was no stress. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, people are going to go into I think smart operators are going to realize that they have to make people feel comfortable and reduce that trepidation and that fear. And they're just going to go out of their way to do things that really show the, the consumer or the guest that they are keenly aware of how to properly sanitize and deliver a safe experience. Yeah. Just be so mindful and, and, commun- and, and be, be mindful yeah. of what you're communicating with your actions, I guess is kind of what I'm hearing from you. Exactly. And if, you're doing, if you're doing the right thing, like lean into it, like let it be known, let it be seen. Exactly. How you sanitize the table, how you sanitize the chairs, how you deliver things. These are all positive nods to giving people a giving people a sense of security, uh, a safe experience. Yeah. And reducing fear because that's what, that's what this is all about is so, 
One thing I want to get out of you before we we wrap up, these are much shorter conversations that I've been recording right now. Um, You you pointed out that we need to lean into uh, delivery pickup, curbside, things like that. What technology, what tools are you advising your clients to invest in? Are are you, is there a certain platforms that you're most impressed with? Any best practices around that before we say goodbye? You know, um, a lot of operators, um, you know, are either dealing with, um, you know, the grub hubs and the door dashes, and they sort of have those iPads uh, kind of going. Um, right now, I think most operators are going to be reluctant to uh, spend much money, uh, Eric. Most operators are really kind of hunkering down and hoarding cash uh, with the idea that we're going to come out of this thing, and they're going to need to get this big locomotive going to pull this train along. Um, to be able to reopen in a more realistic way. So I think that most operators have whatever they have, whether it be through their POS system or whatever. Um, I'm happy if anybody ever wants to kind of email me or go to our website and just ask, I'm happy to always get on the phone with anybody and give them free advice right now on how to survive this thing. And I have an amazing team of people you know, I've got like 16, 17 team members that are subject matter experts, including technology, that if we can, if we can be of assistance to anybody, I am happy to provide that level of uh, totally free consultation to anybody that needs help. Beautiful. And um, maybe I can get one of those experts, those tech experts on the show before. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, as a matter we'll of fact. This, yeah. As a matter of fact, I'll hook you up with Jared, who's our IT tech guy, who's amazing um, and a great troubleshooter and can provide you with you and your team a wide range of, uh, I mean, your audience of potential solutions that are low cost or, um, you know, minimum investment right now. Because like I said, I, I believe most operators are trying to minimize any discretionary spending to kind of keep their cash flow going just to get through this thing. Yeah. So one last question I want to ask, I've been asking all of my guests this uh, kind of a, a spinoff from the original series restaurant unstoppable uh, when I do those deep dives into the, the careers of my guests, but who's the one person that you respect and admire through this all uh, somebody who is doing all the, making all the right moves to adapt and pivot and survive this thing. Who is that person that comes to mind? You know, Howard Schultz is a very impressive individual with Starbucks. Um, they've just started a new platform um, to help people up in the Seattle area, workers to be able to get $500, you know, immediately just so that they can survive. I think he's built an amazing organization. I love the culture that they've created at Starbucks. Um, and I always, I've always felt that Howard does the, it does has it in his heart to do the right thing. Yeah. You don't happen so, to know Howard uh, Schultz by any chance. Do you? <laughs> An introduction no, would be great. I, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I don't, but I just have the, the highest regard for him, the empire that he's built and that, you know, he's, he's a scrappy guy. He yeah. comes from nothing. He yeah. and I are both from New York. I mean, he basically built this empire on a vision and a hard work and passion. And um, so I can relate to that. Um, cause I, I come from that neck of the woods and as a New Yorker, you know, I always say it was New Yorkers where we were, 
we're survivalists. You know, if you can live in New York and you can make it there, you can truly make it home anywhere. Howard Schultz, so, look um, I'm coming after you, man. <laughs> I'd love to get you <laughs> in your uh, your perspective on the show for sure. And uh, Dean Small, thank you so much for coming back on the show so close to one. Just, I mean, we just literally were sitting across the table from each other, what, like a month ago. Um, so it's right. weird to think that that was okay a month ago, but now it's not. But uh, yeah. So. Well, listen, you stay safe, be healthy, do, you know, eat right, support your local restaurants. And um, I look forward to speaking with you again when the time is uh, appropriate, Eric. I'm sure it will happen again real soon. Thank you so much, Dean. And I appreciate your, your continued support. All right. Have a great day, buddy. All right, there's another one in the archive. Thanks again to Dean Small for coming back on the show in such short notice. Uh, really respect what you are doing over there with your team at Synergy Consultants. And I have a, a lot of, uh, put a lot of weight on what you say, which is, makes it a little uneasy to, to swallow that pill that this thing might be around well into 2021. But all we can do is stay positive and start planning uh, for the future, start really tightening up our operations, doing a few things really well and uh, just staying as conservative as possible is kind of what I pulled from that conversation. So I got to let you know this episode was brought to you by Restaurant 365. It's an all-in-one restaurant-specific accounting and back office platform that seamlessly integrates with your POS system, payroll provider, and food and beverage vendors. Head over to restaurant365.com slash unstoppable and qualify for 30% off implementation and a free inventory build within Restaurant 365 a value of $5,000. This episode's also brought to you by P&G Pro. That's Procter & Gamble, specifically Don Professional, the number one disc detergent found in most commercial kitchens. With Dom Professional, you get long-lasting suds that clean up to 58% more dishes per sink, and Dom Professional also reduces sink changeover by 35%, which saves you up to 6,000 gallons of hot water per year versus other private labels. Again, that's www.pgpro.com. One more time, www.pgpro.com, and thanks for sticking around this long. Uh, your support of my sponsors supports the show, and they help me help Help you so please be mindful when it comes to uh, reaching out to those products and services. Let them know that Restaurant Unstoppable sent you, or use my links, or better yet, shoot me an email and I'll introduce you. All right, until next time, peace out.